Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the nativity set. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, what's in a typical set? Well, I think that there's lots of different things that can be in a set. And I think depending upon how much money you're spending, mm-hmm. we'll kind of say what's in there. But okay. usually there's Mary. Okay. And a Joseph. Okay. And a baby. That's like the bare minimum, right? <laughs> exactly. Because I have a wooden homemade one, and I think there might be a star. But beyond that, that's kind of that's the basic. It. That's what you need to get going. And you can do that. You could make a set. Mm-hmm. You could get three rocks and paint Doesn't on have rocks. to be blessed by anybody. Nope. Or, okay. Nope. You can do all kinds of things and make all kinds of things. But pretty much the basic set is going to have your Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Okay. There might be a manger of some kind. Okay. So if you're going to do rocks, you could do a little tripod of sticks. Right. Exactly. Okay. Something. Or paint like little bits of hay behind baby Jesus on your rock if you wanted to. It's a classic. So that's pretty much the basics of the set. Now, beyond that, oftentimes you're going to see lots of other things. Okay. So what are some of the things that you can think of? Well, you got to have some shepherds. Shepherds normally show up. Mm -hmm. And often, sometimes they bring sheep. They do. There's animals of varying sizes and shapes. I think mine has sheep. Yep. And a donkey. Yep. There's a donkey sometimes that's with Mary. Yep. And there might be goats. Sure. If your set includes your wise men, mm. potentially some camels. What's really interesting about my set is the camel came with the shepherds. Oh. The camel came okay. separate from the wise men. Right? But the wise men often do have camels. Mm-hmm. My secondary set, the camels are really awesome. And each... Wise men has their own camel. Oh, that's a fancy set. Fancy. It's awesome. Nice. There's a lot to move around as those wise men go traveling. Now, for a true nativity set, do you have to have a stable? Ooh, like the crush behind it. Mm, which is another question of mine. What the heck is a crush? That is a word that I only ever heard in a church setting like somebody's like, where's the crush at that I need to go put out in the sanctuary for whatever? And I had no idea what they're talking about. Yep. It's spelled C-R-E-C-H-E. Okay. Crush. And the E has a circumflex over it if you're, if you know French. It's like the little... Like a chapeau. Yeah. Like a little hat. Mm -hmm. Little hat over top of the E. So the crush is the backdrop. Oh, that's it? That's it. It's the okay. backdrop. And it's there not might... like a fancy word for the whole thing. It's just simply the backdrop. Correct. So maybe it's like a half shell or maybe uh-huh. it's a barn or whatever it is, but it's the backdrop that your nativity set is on. Okay. I don't have a crush from my set, so I just have like three metal stars that stand up in the back uh-huh. to kind of give a backdroppy kind of feel to it. I think the only set I own, and I do own a couple, the only one that has the crush is the little people one, the Fisher Price one. The Fisher Price Playmobil mm-hmm. one? Yep. And mm-hmm. that has the little barn in it? Yes. And the downside of that one for the adults, for the kids, it's total bonus. Uh-huh. But for the adults, when you push down on the star and it sings the song, 
<laughs> over and over oh, and over awesome. again because kids will incessantly push that down. That does get old, <laughs> as shockingly. Someone, as someone who hasn't had kids, that sounds awesome. <laughs> the little star lights up. That's not the problem. Right. It's the music that it's comes out of it. It's the music. <laughs> what does it play? Oh, what does it play? I think it plays a little town of Bethlehem. There you go. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So that's what the crush is. It's the backdrop. It's okay. the set backing. And sometimes that has a star on the top of it. Sometimes there's a place to put an angel on the top of it. Uh-huh. That kind of a thing. So that's in the crash. So that's something else that you will often find in a nativity are angels. Yes, the angels. I'm trying to think if we have one or two angels in ours. Yeah. I think I have one, but I could add a whole slew of them if I wanted to. Yes. Now, do these things vary from denomination to denomination, or is it kind of set? I think it's kind of set and that it's more set by what they can sell. Oh, sure. The original nativity is attributed to St. Francis, and Mm -hmm. I think we kind of covered that a year ago, the podcast that came out on Christmas Day. We talked about the actual story of the nativity. We did. And so... I think we talked about St. Francis starting this with all like the live animals. And sure. so you might find a live nativity where there are actual real sheep and goats and donkey and human beings. Those seem to be something that would have been more popular in the past, but I yeah. know they still have them. I think so. And I think in Gladstone here in Portland area. There's one locally? I think there used to be at least. When I was on my internship in 2002, I'm dating myself here, (laughs) but there was a live nativity at a church in Gladstone, but I could be wrong. It's been 15 years, Mm -hmm. so it could be that they aren't doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. So the nativity itself, the whole set, is kind of fun. We were talking to the admin of the church right Mm -hmm. before we recorded this and asked her what she would want to hear about. And she said some really beautiful things about how the nativity is sacred art that has come into our homes Mm -hmm. and then that we can touch and play with. Well, now there are sets that you can touch and play with. When I was a kid, you were not touching that thing. And it was like set off far away. It was. And ours was lovely. And I know I talked about it in the nativity story that we did that podcast, but it was also big and you knew it was one of the most expensive things that came out with Christmas decorations. Woe to you if you knocked the head off of a wise man because it's not going to go over well. My Joseph fell a few years ago and broke into two pieces. And it's rather sad. It's hard to find a replacement because they're sold in a set. Sure. And they're not sold in individual pieces. So it's hard to repair them up. But now we do have a lot of different ones that can be played with. Yes. Like the little people one that I was mentioning. Yeah. And Sarah talked about how the Playmobil one is really fun because it gives kids the opportunity to kind of engage in that sacred art. And to tell the story and to relive the story through this toy. Mm -hmm. Now, you can do it without having to buy like a pre-made one. We talked about, for example, take some stones and paint them. You don't have to paint them specific colors. You don't have to try to be really, really perfectly artistic about it. Mm -mm. But just work with your kids on creating something and explaining who these different people are. Yeah, the wooden one that I have that's homemade, that one is pretty abstract Mm -hmm. in terms of you want the bigger, obviously, human figure 
for the Joseph. You want a smaller, obviously human figure for your Mary and you need something tiny for the baby. But that's really about it. Yeah. You you don't have to be good at drawing faces for this. No. And in fact, in some ways, it's kind of nice when you do go a little more abstract Mm -hmm. because then children and people who play with this can let their imaginations have a little bit more room. Mm -hmm. When we have very specific constructs, then it's sometimes hard to see ourselves reflected in the nativity story. Oh, yeah. That whole big one of my childhood, Mm -hmm. I was not putting myself in that scene. I did not belong there. Right. Some of the beauty is that this is a way that we can think about where do we fit in this story? You know, who are we standing next to? I have one figurine in mind that I get her. I could be her standing there holding a sheep. Mm -hmm. Like I could totally be on the outskirts there, right? And learning how to envision ourselves as a part of the sacred story, I think is one of the gifts of having a nativity set. Okay. And that's why it's also fun to have them at kid height and where kids can see them. Uh Uh-huh. Because then they get to see it and they get to play with it and they get to ponder it. They get to retell that story. They get to, to see themselves as... Hanging out with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I remember when the kids were younger and would play with it more. At mm-hmm. some point, I'm like, okay, it's January 6th. 12th day of Christmas is technically over. At what point do I get to or do I have to put this thing away? <laughs> what is question. What's the season for your nativity set? Well, and you can argue that with the Christmas tree too, right? Sure. And when do you get that tree out and when do you get it going? And how long do you leave that up? I would say the nativity set can come out whenever you want to start bringing it out. It's fine for Advent, especially sure. the sets that have like a detachable Jesus. Mm-hmm. Some of them, like in my set, Jesus is already in Mary's arms. So uh-huh. you can't take Jesus out of the story yet. But in my secondary set, which is the one that I oftentimes bring here to the church to set up for the kids to be around, the Jesus comes out of the manger. Uh And so you can have the whole thing set up and have pieces arrive and then bring in Jesus on Christmas Day Mm -hmm. and then leave him there. And then you can have the wise men show up for Epiphany because the 12 days of Christmas happen, but then there's the Epiphany season Mm -hmm. and that's when the wise men show up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you can have that nativity set out for longer in order to show that this isn't a one and done kind of a thing. This is a longer story that went on over actually several years, because by the time the wise men show up, Jesus was not necessarily an infant. Yeah, we, we gloss over that. We take time and we conflate it in really weird ways around this season. Yeah. And now thinking about your Jesus disappearing until the actual Christmas day, there's no pregnant Mary nativity sets. No. There's no precursor. There's only the birth has happened. Yep. Wouldn't that be interesting Mm -hmm. to have like a traveling Mary set there? Go on there, somebody, somebody who's listening in. You've got an option. I'll do a search. I would be shocked if it wasn't out there. (laughs) Okay. My last question to you then is this, do they ever go too far? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking they get kitschier and kitschier. Yeah, they do. And is there ever a point where somebody just says, no, can't do that? And who would say it? Culture would say it, probably. There's like a new one, like a hipster nativity. Mm. 
that... I have not seen the hipster nativity. I've only seen hipster Santa. Hipster nativity showed up on my Facebook feed this week. It's funny. Sure. And I don't know. How do you decide? You have to decide what is too far for your own family. Okay. Right? I'm not getting... From a religious, sacred, ELCA standpoint, there's no... No one has said anything no. official. There's no like, okay, if you go this far, you've really gone too far. Like there's no official stance on that. I would say that there are some sets that I would have a difficulty having in my own home. Okay. And that I wouldn't feel comfortable having them on display. They wouldn't fit my theology and my practice, but they could work for someone else. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to call someone out and say that you're being wrong or bad for it. Mm-hmm. And you don't care how much of a believer they are. Anybody can have a nativity set. Yeah, that doesn't bug me at all. Okay. Because if the story is going to be in their house, fantastic. Okay. It doesn't bug me. And I don't think that someone who purchases a hipster nativity is trying to be offensive towards my faith. And if they're trying to be, well, I'm just not going to be offended. Sure. <laughs> I mean, if it takes... <laughs> then, then they failed on that two level. Dango, right? It's, that's just so not worth my time and energy. But, I mean, if you're trying to be flippant about it or rude about it, that's one thing. But if you're just having fun, but the story is hanging out in your house, well, I'd chalk that one up as a win for the spirit. All right. Fair enough. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about nativities. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. It's my pleasure, and thank you all for listening. You can find us on iTunes, where we would love to have a review from you. You can also email us questions or comments to podcast at centralportland.org. And you can also find us, of course, on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.